0: We are told we have a freedom in Christ and a response of faith and love toward others by the Spirit. The second reading is from Galatians, the fifth chapter. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desire of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord.
1: In May 1986, our older son Steve graduated from high school. That was 30 years ago, and Donald was in that class, wasn't he? Charlene. It's 30 years ago, I'm sorry. Charlene's uh, son and our son were in the same class together. And uh, for graduation, I was honored to give the baccalaureate sermon. And that sermon took place two days before graduation. And so I started my baccalaureate sermon with a paraphrase of a Christmas carol. The Christmas carol was, Hark the herald angel, sing glory to the newborn king. And my paraphrase was this. Hark the herald angels shout! Two more days and we get out! Freedom! Freedom! And, and the whole class of 1986 broke out into applause. Because they knew in two days they were getting out. In two days there was freedom. Except they, was wrong. they were wrong. There was no freedom after high school. To the best of my knowledge, none of those students was independently wealthy. None of them could go off and retire. What faced them was college, work, marriage, the military. What faced them was not freedom. What faced them was more responsibility and greater expectations from them. It wasn't freedom at all. Freedom is it's so important. We value freedom. Next Sunday next Sunday is the fourth that we celebrate the Fourth of July. it's about freedom. Many people think that, that when Britain left the Euro, European Union this week, they were voting for freedom, to be free from those, those bureaucrats in Brussels who don't know anything about us here in England. We got our country back. We're free. Free to to determine who we are as a country and free to determine who we are as individuals. We love freedom. The people in North Korea yearn for freedom. The people in Tibet yearn for freedom people living under tyranny around the world long for freedom and we we honor freedom fighters they're doing something good one of the great themes of our Christian faith is freedom Jesus said if you continue in my word then you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free he said, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. St. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, where the Spirit of Christ is, there is freedom. How many of you had to memorize Luther's small catechism when you went to confirmation class? Well, look at all the hands. Well, How many of you remember everything you learned? Well, you remember in the explanation to the, to the second article of the Creed, Luther says, Christ has freed me. He has freed me from sin, death, and the power of the devil. And now, today, in today's readings from Galatians chapter 5, St. Paul says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. He writes, for you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Freedom is central to the Christian faith. Now, I dare to ask you this. Does this talk about freedom make any sense to you? Because you are a Christian, do you experience freedom? Or is that just church talk? Because you know, there is church talk. They say all this stuff in church, but it doesn't mean anything, or it doesn't touch my life. Does talk about freedom in Christ mean anything to you whatsoever? Have you ever thought about it? The theme today for this sermon is freedom, is the obedience with faith brings. That freedom comes about through obedience. And that sounds crazy. Because obedience sounds like slavery. It doesn't sound like freedom at all. But before we get to that, I want to, I want to share with you another understanding of Christian freedom that's always meant a lot to me. I learned this in, in Dr. Zucker's philosophy class at Uppsala College in, New, in East Orange, New Jersey, in the, in the late 50s. Dr. Zucker said about forgiveness of sins, said this, Forgiveness of sins means freedom from your past. I have to think about that. Forgiveness of sins means freedom from your past. Lots of folks carry around lots of baggage from stuff they did in their past. They have guilt. They have shame. They have embarrassment. They have regret. And they carry that load year after year after year. And it it affects their life in a terrible, terrible way. But forgiveness of sins means you're free from that. The guilt and the shame and the embarrassment and the regret don't have to influence your life anymore. When you hear, your sins are forgiven, that's true. And God doesn't hold that stuff against you anymore. You get a mulligan. You get a mulligan. Your sins are forgiven. Freedom from your past. We read for our devotions every morning. We read from Oswald Chambers' book, My Utmost for His Highest. Anybody know that book? My Ut- my Best for His Glory. It's a wonderful book. And in one of the the chapters, Oswald Chambers says about forgiveness. You can take all of your sins and all of your regret and all of your shame and all of your embarrassment, and you can put it in the gentle hands of Jesus. Give it to him. Let him take it. He died for you, he died for those things. Give them to him. And then get on with your life. Forgiveness of sins means freedom from your past. But let's get back to the idea of, of freedom and, and obedience. Because obedience sounds like, sounds like slavery. Because the last night here at the, the karaoke thing, which was wonderful by the way, somebody sang the Frank Sinatra song, I Did It My Way. I didn't, nobody told me anything. I did it my way. Well, yes, you can do it. You're welcome to do it your way. We think that if you do it your way, then you're free. We don't want anybody telling us what to do, isn't that right? That the big struggle between parents and their kids is their kids say, I don't want you to tell me what to do. And adults say the same thing, I don't want you to tell me what to do. I want to be free. Well, let's think about this. Does that really give you freedom? Think about a diabetic. Here's a fellow who's had diabetes, and he finally goes to the doctor. And the doctor says, well, uh, you have diabetes, so you have to do this. You have to uh, quit your sugar, eat lots of grains and fruits and vegetables, you have to exercise, and you have to take insulin. And the guy said, well, no, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm not going to do any of those things because I'm free. I don't have to do what you tell me. And that is a decision made in freedom, which he is allowed to make, isn't it? The problem is, a decision made in freedom does not lead to Freedom. a decision made in freedom leads to slavery. Because he has freely chosen to let his diabetes get the best of him. And the goal in all of that was not to exit freedom. The goal was health. And in that case, health comes from obedience. Freedom brings slavery. I have two more examples. One example is a kite. How do you set a kite free? When we lived in Iowa, I taught at Bible camp one summer, and I taught about Christian freedom. And one morning for morning devotions, I got a kite up up in the air, and all the campers stood around while I, I, I flew this kite. And the kite was, was tugging away at the string, and it was pulling against the string, and We felt so sorry for the kite because it was not free. So I said, said, let's set the kite free. So I gave a scissors to one of the girls at camp. So I said, you know, you take the scissor and you set the kite free. And so she cut the string, and what do you think happened? It crashed! She gave it its freedom when it looked like its freedom, but it crashed. And the point is this, that the string is part of the kite. The string gives the kite its freedom. Without the string, the kite is nothing. Another example, um, a, a big diesel locomotive. Now you feel, don't you feel sorry for a locomotive? It's stuck on the tracks. It's just stuck on those those narrow tracks. It can't go anywhere. So let, let's do this. Let's get a diesel locomotive, and set it free. We'll take it out here. Zion Ruts over here, right? I get lost. Let's take a big diesel locomotive, and set it free by putting it out here on Zion Road. Can you imagine that? Have you ever noticed about a locomotive that it has no steering wheel? It's the only means of transportation that you can't steer. So we set it down out there. You can't steer it. But it's so heavy that it, it, it sinks into the asphalt. And the more you spin the wheels, the more it digs into the ground. So you haven't set it free. You've made it a prisoner. Because the tracks are part of what makes a train a train. And the tracks don't make the train a prisoner. The tracks enable the train to be a train. And by definition, a train is on the tracks. A kite is on a string. A diabetic takes his medicine. And for Christian people, for people in general, what's best for us is to live according to the will of God. That's the best thing for us. To be free is really to be what you were designed to be. And what were we designed to be? Well we were designed to be children of God. And the way you are a child of God is to do what God says. It's happened to me more than once that our boys, they got a Christmas present, and uh, I decided to put it together without reading the directions. Any other guy, anybody else done that? See we can do that, right? I'm free. I don't need those directions. But when it collapses completely, what do I have to do? I have to go to make I have to go and read the directions because the directions set me free to do it right. And we are most free when we are most obedient to the will of God. We are most free when we follow God's design for life. And it's, you find that in, in the Ten Commandments. You find that in the teachings of Jesus. You find that in the writings of the New Testament. That's where you find what it means to be a human being. That's when you're most free, when you are obedient. Debbie Boone sang the song, You Light Up On Life. How many of you remember that song? It's a long time ago. There's a line in that song that I think Debbie Boone regrets. And the line is this. How can it be wrong when it feels so right? Remember that? How can it be wrong when it feels so right? And the fact of the matter is that stuff can feel very, very right And be very, very wrong. Lots of folks today, including myself, are concerned about the the moral direction that our country is going. The values and the standards of our country seem to be going downhill. Lots of folks say that. Lots of folks also believe that in in the Bible, in God's word, we have eternal values of what God wants us to do. But we wouldn't hypnotized by how can it be wrong when it seems so right. Uh, A a recent study uh, says that most people think that cohabitation is okay. You understand cohabitation? Cohabitation is, is a man and a woman living together as husband and wife without being married. And the sermon said that most folks think that that's okay. Scripture calls that fornication. Scripture says that's wrong. Jesus said that's wrong. And it is wrong. Yet people do it. And by the way, is there a mulligan for fornication? Is there forgiveness for fornication? Of course there is. For Christ's sake, God gives you a mulligan for that. And you place your fornication in the gentle hands of Jesus and he takes it away and you can get on with your life without shame, without guilt, without regret. Acknowledging that it's wrong. Early in my ministry, I would marry anybody who walked in the door. And I knew, I knew that a lot of them were cohabiting. But I didn't say anything. And after a while it got to me, is that right? Can I just bless disobedience? I decided I decided I wasn't going to do that anymore. And I decided that I was going to question couples about their cohabitation. And I did. And and here's what happened. So a couple would come in, we'd sit down, and we'd explain the regular pleasantries and then I would say um, are you two living together and sleeping together? And they would go because I knew I was right. They knew I was right. I said, you know, that's not, that's not right. That's, that is uh, disobedience. And you are asking me to bless disobedience so I'm going to ask you to do things first I'm going to ask you to stop I'm not going to go peek in your window but I'm going to ask you to stop as a sign of repentance that what you're doing is wrong You can't undo what is done, but you can remake the future, and that's what I want you to do. Second thing uh, I want you to know, um, anyway, so I want you to do that. And one couple said to me, who do you think you are asking us questions like that? And I said, well, I'm I'm the pastor of this church and you're in disobedience and I can't bless disobedience. So when they left, they sent a letter and they said, um, your values and our values don't match up. So we're going to go find somebody else. So they went and found some dodo down the street who would marry them and not ask any questions. The other thing I said to them, I want, you to, I want you to refrain from being intimate because you don't want your wedding night to be like last night. I'm going to give you a gift. The girl came back after her wedding and she said, Pastor, thank you. Thank you for challenging us on this because our wedding night was wonderful and what she got was the joy of obedience but the fact of the matter is that when most people think that that kind of disobedience is okay and the values of the Christian faith say no it's not okay and there are all kinds of things in society where we say no they're not okay And what you're doing is disobedience. And that is not freedom. It's really really slavery. To be free, you have to obey. To be free, you have to embrace God's plan for your life and live it out. Because remember that, that the Ten Commandments don't restrict your life. They set it free. The teachings of Jesus don't restrict your life. They set you free. The teachings of the St. Paul in the New Testament don't restrict your life. They set you free because they keep you out of the gutter. Jesus said, "Enter you know, the, the narrow road, because on each side of the narrow road is a gutter. Listen to this. Those who belong to Jesus Christ, that's us, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And the flesh is simply doing what you want to do. And you put that to death. And what you get is life. And freedom. And they come through obedience and no other way. Amen.